Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Benedettiville Small Town Adventures here in Petaluma on KPCA 103.3 FM, streaming live on KPCA.FM. Hi, Jen. Hi, Gio. How you doing? I'm doing great. It is February 11th. It's our second show of all time ever, and uh, I'm pretty excited. It's going to be a really good one. Me too. Um, so one of the things that uh, I think not a lot of people in Petaluma are really aware of is the uh, constant and ever-present danger of trolls. And I think that's going to get addressed really clearly in today's episode. So uh, all you people out there, keep your ears open and uh, learn some troll safety tips and just be alert. And also, if there are any troll sightings in Petaluma, we'd like to know about them. Yeah, I think everyone would like to know about them. It's public safety. That's why we're here on the radio. We are here on the radio, folks. Bringing you the news from the streets of Benedettiville after these messages. Mom, Dad, has this ever happened to you? You wake up in the morning? Well, you might just want to check out coffee. It's just the thing to start the day off right. What's that? It's almost noon. Try some coffee to keep that pep in your step. Have you ever been awake right around 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Well, that's as good a time as any for coffee. In fact, have you ever been walking around your house, neighborhood, or workplace with empty, cold hands while sleepy? Well, shucks, that's also a fine time and reason to pour a cup of coffee. Coffee, for always and anytime and all the time. It's the best darn drink that you ever did drunk. It's the best drink for that do da do It's the best libation that you ever libated, but you gotta remember to stay hydrated. Coffee. For the week of February 11th, here's the news. Good afternoon. 
This week in the news, disaster areas on the rise. Parents in the Petaluma area have been increasing their reports of rooms declared disaster areas. We've sent our correspondent, Allie the Puppet, into the fray to give a report. Thanks, guys. Um, can, can you hear me? Am I, am I coming through? Loud and clear, Allie. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I made it through the door, and I'm standing in what seems to be a, a total disaster area. It looks like there was a lot of adventuring that happened in here. Maybe like some crazy tea party. Um, <laughs> there's, there's just things strewn about everywhere. The dolls are just all over the floor. There's little animals lying about. There's clothes and, um, <laughs> and I think there's a, there's a cat that's sleeping in a basket with what looks like uh, maybe it was clean laundry, uh, maybe? That's questionable at this point. Um, I see some science experimentation. And, ooh, uh, oh, there's some orange peels. I, I, I refuse to look under the bed. It's just a mess. It's just a, just a total disaster in here. I, I, oh, what, what was that? Oh, I, I stepped on a, um, oh, oh, I don't know what that is. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta go. Yeah, it's, it's gonna take a while to clean up this mess. Let me tell ya. <laughs> Back to you guys. Whoa, Allie, thanks for the report. Stay safe. In other news, Isla wins the couch seat. The results are in. Isla the dog has officially won the most recent competition for the house couch seat. Her owners remarked that although they are unhappy with the results, her tenacity and persistence really must be admired. Isla was snoozing on the couch when this report was made and was unavailable for comment. In art and entertainment news, the east side of Petaluma woke up to a world premiere of a brand new, completely improvised piano sonata for four hands. Critics responded saying that while it was certainly loud and early in the morning, it showed tremendous creativity and near-infinite potential. The composer said that this would be the first in a long series of improvised early morning piano works, and titled the composition, Please Come Down and Cook Breakfast. That's it for the news, folks. Now, on to the next thing. You might be just sitting there looking out your window, staring at your shoes, thinking, oh, I'm really bored today. Nothing ever exciting happens here. And I used to think the same thing. Because I live in a small town called Petaluma. Small towns might be boring, you might think, but they're not. You may think nothing happens that is boring all the time, so I'll tell you my adventures in this small town of mine, in this small town of mine. My small town is called Petaluma. As I was headed downtown to take a pleasant stroll upon the wooden footbridge, I met a hairy troll I met a hairy troll He was very hairy and extremely hungry He tried right then to eat me I begged for him to wait The bistro on the other side Opens up at eight They open up at eight Actually, they open up at 7.30 That didn't rhyme I took him to the counter we ordered right away 
and a bowl of marmalade, a great big bowl of marmalade. Orange marmalade, that was his favorite. He ate it up with gusto, he ate it up with glee, and I was happy that he liked it, and he wasn't eating me, he wasn't eating me. That kind of made my day right there, not eating me. When he had finally finished, and I went up to pay, he said, That was delicious. I guess I won't eat you today. Well, at least not right away. Unless I get hungry later on. He wiped his hairy beard and yelled thanks out to the cook. And then he walked back to the footbridge without a second look. Without a second look So if you're walking toward the footbridge Better listen to me close Don't do it on a Tuesday Tuesday the bistro's closed On Tuesday they are closed Also known as the saddest day in Petaluma You may think nothing happens That is boring all the time So I'll tell you this small town of mine, this small town of mine. In your imagination, what does a troll look like? Hairy. Purple. Purplish green. Are rainbow colors? Uh, is normally its skin thick and it's a it's a, it's a color like green or black. Yeah. They look ugly. And they look ugly. Uh, scary. Not not nice at all. Long hair and big, little, bumpy, mean, and they have cute little noses. Um, really long hair and um and feet. <laughs> Maybe sometimes friendly, uh, nice and small, tall, and they have long hair that goes up and that are in the shape of a human, sort of. A, a troll basically looks like like 12 feet tall and dumb. That's good to know. And they, they a, carry a club around. Yeah, like a caveman club. Yeah. Or they could carry something that's like a spiky club. Yeah, that's what they usually carry. Yeah, it is what they usually carry. Kids know a lot about trolls. That's the moral of this story. Thanks, kids of Petaluma. If you guys see any trolls out there, call the Sonoma County Troll Hotline. I don't know what that phone number is, but I'm sure there's got to be one, because this is clearly a pressing issue about which kids know very, very much. If you can't find the phone number for that hotline, send us an email here at Benedettiville. That's mail at Benedettiville.com. Have your parents figure out how to spell Benedettiville, by the way. I think that's why we don't get that much mail. That's really (laughs) hard to spell. In our next segment here at Benedettiville Small Town Adventures, we feel it is our solemn duty to inform you, our dear listeners, about every creative and imaginative power that this world has to offer. 
For this reason, we have fellow champion of the imagination, Brian Christensen from Brian's Comics, here to talk with us. Our puppet correspondent, Blue, is on the scene for the interview. Hey guys, uh, this is Blue. Uh, I'm here with Brian. Hey Brian. Uh, hey Blue, how's it going? Yeah, it's going real good, man. Hey, thanks for thanks for talking to me. No, my pleasure. Um, now, my first question is an important one. How would you describe a comic book to someone who really has no idea what it is, um, like maybe me? Well, the best way to describe a comic book is it's it's like any other normal book, only it has pictures to go along with the words. Oh, yeah. So you're kind of, as you read this story, you're seeing what is being described in picture form. Uh, hey, Brian, I want to tell you something. Uh, pictures were always my favorite part of books. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, everybody said I had to read books with no pictures. Are you telling me that there are books out there with more pictures than words sometimes? There are. There are, are books out there, comic books, with uh, more pictures than words. And whoever told you that uh, you should stop reading pictures with books was wrong. Brian, you've changed my life today already. We could probably stop the interview now, and I think we could all go away happy. But uh, I know Gio and Jen want me to ask some more questions, so let me see what I got here, all right? Fire away. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Hey, what is your favorite thing about reading comics? My favorite thing about reading comics is seeing the different types of art and storytelling that are out there. To see the story come alive in pictures and color, sometimes even black and white, but oh. the the vividness, I think, of the of the comic book is what's what makes it so much fun. Hey man, so I was saying I don't know a lot about comics, but I do love jazz. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about seeing things in different colors and the vividness and the different styles, I totally dig what you're saying, man. Uh, I get that. I, I bet. Yeah, hey, you look like a jazz man I, to me. Yeah, hey, thanks. I grew that soul patch just just so people would think that. <laughs> and uh, so when I'm listening to records, I, I feel the same thing. And actually, that makes me think, so like... When you get a new comic that you're going to read for the first time, do you like, do you have a ritual or like a tradition? Do you go to a spot and say, hey, nobody bother me. I got to, I got to get into this new book. You know, I, I can pretty much read a comic book anywhere, but my favorite place is to kind of curl up on the couch and yeah. block out the rest of the world around me and dive in. Wow, man. I totally, I, I'm on the same page. I get my headphones on and I just sit there and then I just... Then it's all gone. I'm just somewhere else. <laughs> wow. Hey, I go. If you, if you, if I came into your store and I said, "Hey, I don't know what these books are about, but I like jazz," could you help me out? I totally could. Yeah. 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 And that's one of the fun things about having the store is being able to introduce people who have never read a comic book before to something new. Whoa. Yeah, and if you know what they like, and you kind of ask them and get to know them a little bit, you can steer them in the right direction, because I feel there's a comic book out there for everybody. Yeah, I like to hear that. I feel the same way about my record collection. You ever want to come over, I'll probably find a record for you. You know what I'm saying? I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, do you have any Dizzy Gillespie? Uh, yeah, I got some Dizzy Gillespie. Nice. Yeah, I got Dizzy Gillespie, and then uh, Sonny Stitt's on there, Sonny Rollins, and you hear the three of them, and then Dizzy sings on that last tune. Oh, man, it'll make you so happy. Excellent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll check that out maybe later. Comics, a lot of it is about, like, superheroes. Maybe? I don't know. That's the, that's the reputation. Comics have a reputation 
for being about superheroes and such. Um, you you want to speak to that? Yeah, you know, superheroes are definitely a big part of comic books, but they're not all there is to comic books. People think, oh, comic books are just for kids. It's about superheroes beating up bad guys, and that's not for me. But there's not. There's a lot of historical mm. comic books out there. There's a lot of fantasy books. There's even some real world and, you know, different types of comic books for everybody. Science fiction, yeah. uh, fantasy, uh, real war stories, whatever your interest is. I know there's a comic book out there for you. Well, one thing I was thinking about was if uh, if you have a store and you got to get comic books, then you have to know a lot about comics, right? And then you're going to have to research a bunch of comic books and make sure you know who's writing, who's drawing, when they're coming out, and then you're going to have to order some books, and then somebody's going to come down and want a book you don't have, then you're going to have to order that book, and then you're going to have to clean the store, and then the orders are going to come in, you're going to have to file them. And then I was thinking that maybe sometimes after you close up the shop, you got to go and find like a cave or a laboratory, and then you got to get to work, you know, like making your phone calls and uh, getting the orders set and getting it all together, and then um, and then you make it all happen. Does that sound familiar? That sounds very familiar. That's that's kind of a day in the life of a, of a comic book store owner. Okay, now check this out, right? So you're like down in your cave, right? Mm -hmm. And you're doing all the all the crazy work, the secret work that nobody knows about, and then you get all that stuff into your shop, and it's like... Hey, how'd that even happen? It's kind of like magic, and it's kind of like, uh, like you're like a superhero. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, like supporting the imagination of Petaluma on the sly. You know what I mean? You know, it's like Christmas for me every week when I get new comics in. I open the box, and there's a whole world of imagination just waiting to pour out of it. Wow, yeah, and then that that spills over to us, which is real cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when I see something new and I see something I'm excited about, I love to share it with the people every week. Man, I feel the same way when I get a new record. Hey, Brad, I, I could really dig this like vibe that you're on about all like how excited you are about your stuff, man. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's great, man. I just have one more question for you, and this is not really on the topic of comics. Sure thing. There's another thing that's very important to me. Uh, I like jazz, mm -hmm. but I hate trolls, Brian. I don't know if you knew that about mm -hmm. me. I didn't. Well, uh. You may not know, but Petaluma's historically had a very serious troll problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I noticed that your shop is like underground, like a layer, you know? It is. It is. We, yeah. are, we are definitely underground. I call it, I call it the Bat Cave. That's, that's, that's very cool. Have you ever had any problems with trolls? Not that I can speak of, you know? I, I feel like my walls are pretty fortified and uh, the doors seal pretty well so yeah. i haven't had troll problems yet that's good hey you just keep your eyes open man because like nobody else has seen them but uh i'm pretty convinced you know yeah yeah no that's that's a good point you know you never know what you can run into underground yeah hey if you ever want me to come in and do a spot check for you i could do that because i'm i'm pretty good at troll detection you'd do that for me yeah i would oh that'd be awesome in a heartbeat man That'd be, that'd be awesome, because that's something I never even thought about. Well, think about it every day, you know. Safety first, man. Definitely. All right. Um, Brian, I have no other questions for you. You've been quite a gentleman, and uh, I feel very enlightened as to comics, and I can't wait to go pick one up and open it up, you know? Well, yeah, definitely. Come on down. Hey, thanks for talking to me. My pleasure. I have a question for you. Fire away. What's your favorite jazz instrument? My favorite jazz instrument is the tenor saxophone, and Sonny Rollins is the greatest tenor saxophone player of all time, period. Nice. Yeah. Nice.
Yeah. I approve of that message. All right. Thanks very much for asking me that. Any chance I get to plug that, I am stoked. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, Gio and Jen back in the newsroom. We're going to take this back to you, okay? See you, Brian. Take care. Adios. Thanks, Blue. And thanks, Brian, for coming in and spending some time with us here in Ben and Dennyville. You know, Blue was talking about Sonny Rollins. Oh, yeah, he was. I think Blue really likes Sonny Rollins. Um, I was hoping that we could play little Sonny Rollins. I think we actually have a recording of the very track that he mentions in that interview, the one that has Dizzy Gillespie singing at the end and uh, Sonny Stitt and Sonny Rollins both on tenor saxophone. I think, you know what? It's on the sunny side of the street. I, I think we have that. It's can, cute. Can up. we play that for the people of Petaluma right now? Let's play it. Yeah, right now.
your worries on the doorstep, cause we gone by and by. Just direct your feet, you'll meet on the sunny side of the street. Can't you hear the pitter and the patter of the raindrops trickling down your fire escape the ladder? Life could be so fine, fine as wine. I used to walk, walk in the shade with my blues on parade. But I'm not afraid, it's over. Casanova, if I never had one cent, I'd be rich as Rocky Fella, gold dust at my feet. Welcome back to Postopolis, that city of wonderful sights, smells, and tastes where, under the surface of tasty noodles and delicious sauces, two agents are fighting for good and for justice for all of pasta kind. When last we left Agents Pene and Linguini, they were investigating the case of missing Parmesan. All of that delicious cheese had been stolen from Postopolis. Their mission took them to a shady dockside warehouse where they ran afoul of the nefarious Don Spaghetti. This week, we find our heroes trapped, dangling desperately from a crane in Don Spaghetti's warehouse, being carried ever closer to a giant pot of salted boiling water. Will they be able to escape? To recover the stolen Parmesan? To stop Don Spaghetti? Let's find out in the thrilling conclusion of this a Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible with Agent's Pen. That's a spicy meatball. And Link Hey there, you gonna finish that pizza, huh? Fighting for the good and justice for all of Postopolis. And taking on the fearful and dastardly Don Spaghetti. <laughs> You'll never escape from my little trap. <laughs> yes, welcome to another episode of Mission Impossible! Oh, man. I think it was still Would in you this move crane, Penny. Would you move over? It's really cramped I in here. I can't move over at all. We're in the crane. I mean, it's This is the line. Do not here. cross the line. If you want to get out of here, you talk to that guy down there, Don Spaghetti. Aha! You'll never escape from my crane! <laughs> now, please. Enjoy your uh, warm, salty bath. (laughs) 
I sadly cannot stay to watch. I have an appointment with someone who would like to buy large quantity of uh, for the match. Ciao, agents. Bon voyage. Hey, uh, hey, Penny. What a for, what's formaggio mean? What? We're about to be dropped in salted boiling water, and you want to know what formaggio means? <laughs> yeah, I want to know what formaggio means. Listen to that. Isn't that a nice sounding it word? It means cheese. Formaggio. Oh, cheese. Cheese, huh? Now help me get out of this crane. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Penny, that makes sense because formaggio sounds so nice. It even sounds delicious, you know? Like just We're going to be delicious if you don't help me. Wait a minute. Hey, formaggio cheese. I think I got something here. The crane. It's I'm right over the water. thinking about something. Do something. Hey, oh, yeah. Formaggio. That's it. I put a bunch of formaggio in my pockets during last week's episode. Don't you remember? Hey, follow me, Penny. I got an idea. Follow you where? The crane opens above the giant bowl of salted boiling water, but as our heroes fall towards their doom, Agent Linguini pulls from his pockets large chunks of Parmesan cheese. With pinpoint accuracy, he throws them below Agent Penne and himself. They land, splash, safe and dry upon blocks of rapidly melting Parmesan cheese. Formaggio? Great idea, Linguini. Hey, thanks. Now uh, we just need to hop from block to block of this stuff until we get to the edge and do it quick before it melts, okay? I'll keep tossing them into the water. I got plenty. Oh, Here I you go. I need one right here. Yeah, I'll throw oh, them yeah. over there. Okay. Oh. You just jump. Ah. Make sure you... <laughs> it gets pretty warm okay. in here, Hot. huh? Hey, Hot. wow. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Phew. We did it. Linguini quit licking his shoes and radio back to police headquarters. Don Spaghetti may have escaped, but he won't have any cheese to sell if we can help it. <laughs> so good. You know, formaggio's even good on a shoe. You gotta try some of this Linguini. stuff, Penny. What, what, what? It's so good. Linguini. You have some of this? The radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the radio. Okay, I remember how this thing works. Uh, let me just open it up here. Uh, Police HQ, this is Agent Linguini. We have the cheese. Repeat, we have the cheese and it is delicious. Send a squad and some big delivery trucks to the warehouse on the docks right away. Just you wait, Don Spaghetti. It may not be this episode, or the next, but in one of these episodes, we'll catch you and stop your wicked scheming. But until then, Arrivederci. Hey, Penny, doesn't Arrivederci mean the same thing as Ciao? Well, not quite. It's more formal, and, and really it means until we meet again, which sounds more agenty, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. Hey, I want to be more agenty too. Don Spaghetti, arrivederci. Arrivederci, Don Spaghetti. Arrivederci. And so the Parmesan cheese was returned to the good restaurants, grocery stores, homes, and noodles of Postopolis. The mischief and criminal shenanigans of Don Spaghetti have been stopped for now. Another mission impossible accomplished. Our heroes go home to a celebratory evening of pizza and root beer. All is quiet and tasty in Postopolis tonight, thanks to our brave agents. All is quiet for now. But they remain ever alert, ever ready, ever watchful for another message, another mission, another Mission Impostable!
thought we would tell a story today. And I thought that the story that we would tell today would be about something that you both know a lot about. <gasps> Trolls. Um, so once upon a time, in this story, there were two girls. One of them's name was... Leah. Okay. <clears throat> once upon a time, there were two girls. One was named Leah, the other one was named... Emmy. Okay. One girl was named Leah, one girl was named Emmy, and they lived um, very close to each other. And they hung out all the time, and they would play games, and they would ride bikes, and they would hang out, and they would go to parks, and all sorts of stuff like that. Now, it just so happened that to get to one of the parks that they loved to go to, because the slide there was extra slippery and very fast, and the swings went extra high and extra fast. To get to that park, they had to cross a bridge. And under this bridge lived... A troll. Yes, a troll. And this was not a nice troll. This was a very cranky bridge troll. And most of the reasons that he was cranky was because he was hungry. And guess what his favorite thing to eat was? What? what? Tasty, scrumptious girls walking to parks. And so... Emmy and Leah were walking, and there they were headed off to the park. Trip, trop, trip, trop, trip, trop, trop, step, step, step. And they got to the bridge, and they said, whoa, because they were very clever girls, and they knew a troll bridge when they saw it, because the wood was a little bit creaky, and all the grass around it was a little bit wilty, and it looked a little bit slimy and a little bit spooky. And they said, I bet there's a troll under this bridge. They said, well, what should we do? And they said, I've got an idea to test for trolls. How do you guys test for trolls? Yeah, good idea. So they got a long stick. And they took the long stick and they poked it at the bridge. Poke, poke, tap, tap, tap. And as soon as that stick tapped on the bridge, that bridge troll jumped out, grabbed the stick, and ate it up. And then hopped back under the bridge before he would turn into stone. Because, as everybody knows, if a troll is out in the sun, he will turn to stone. And they could hear him chomping on that stick, and then they heard, ah, I hate sticks. And he spit it out. And Emmy and Leah laughed, and they're like, that was a pretty good trick. They said, yeah, but how do we get across this bridge? You guys have any ideas? Mm -hmm. To put a wing in it, um, and drop it on the bridge. A ring? What would the ring do? And then the troll would jump out and eat the ring? Huh. Yeah. Okay, so they got a ring. Um, Emmy had an extra ring on her finger. She said, okay, I'm gonna try this. And she took out the ring and she flicked it and it flew through the air and it landed on the bridge. Ping! And as soon as it dinged on the bridge, that troll jumped out again very, very, very fast and he was wearing um, a big raincoat with a hood to keep the sun out of his, off of him because he didn't want to turn into stone. And he jumped off the bridge ate up that ring, and then jumped back under the bridge, and they could hear him go, ow, ow, I think I broke a tooth. That's not a kiddo, that's a ring. I hate eating rings. And he spit it out. And Emmy and Leah laughed, because like, that troll fell for our second trick. They said, okay, well, we still need to get across this bridge, and we need to get rid of this troll, because it would be very bad news if this troll bothered any other kids who wanted to go to this park. So, here's what we're gonna do. And they came up with a plan, because they knew 
that trolls would turn into stone if only the sun was shining on them. And it happened to be a very sunny, sunny day. And they saw that the troll had that big, heavy raincoat on. And so they thought, I've got an idea. And so they rolled a great big boulder. It was as tall as they were, and it was very heavy, but they were very strong girls, and they pushed it, pushed it, pushed it up to the top of the hill. And they could see that if they could roll it down the other side of the hill, it would go down the path and would roll right onto the bridge. And what do you think would happen to that giant rock if it rolled onto that bridge? What do you think would happen? It would roll, and it would make a big rumble on top of the bridge. What do you think the troll would do? Jump up! And then what? Yeah, okay. And they thought, because the stone is so heavy, the troll will be stuck on top of the bridge, and then he will turn to stone. And so that is just what they did. They said, on the count of three, we're going to heave this stone down the hill. One, two, three. And they pushed it, and it rolled down the hill. And it rolled right onto the bridge, and they heard the troll say, oh, it's a big one. And it jumped out, and before it could even because it was trying to go so fast it just ate that whole stone and it stopped. Once that stone was in its tummy it could not move at all and it went oh no and then it looked up and the sun shone right onto his face and all of a sudden he went here we go and he turned into total stone and he looked like a beautiful troll statue but with a very, very big round belly where the rock was. And Emmy and Leah said, do you think it's safe? And they said, yeah, I think it's safe. I think he turned into stone. And they went down to the bridge and they got another long stick and they tap, tap, tap at the statue. And it didn't move. And they tap, tap, tap it. They said, it's a stone. We made a beautiful statue for our town. And then the, they went and they played. And later on, the mayor of the town came and said, Emmy and Leah, what a beautiful troll statue you've carved. You are very clever at carving. And they said, this is not a carving, Mayor. This is an actual troll that lived under this bridge. And he said, ha ha ha, every grown-up knows that trolls aren't real. And Emmy and Leah looked at each other and said, oh man, this guy doesn't believe us at all. But anyway, the prize was that they got all the ice cream that they ever wanted to eat for the rest of their lives. And that made them very, very happy because the flavor that Emmy liked best was? Chocolate. And the flavor that Leah liked best was? Chocolate. And so for the rest of their lives, they lived in a house that always had a giant swimming pool filled with chocolate ice cream that they could go and jump in and play on or eat whenever they wanted. Yeah. The yeah. end. Yum, 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 I didn't want to jump in that pool. I do too. Me too. It would be really cold though, don't you think? It would be so yummy. What if you slid down a chocolate ice cream slide and at the bottom of it was a giant pile of ice cream and you just went... Hum. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Do we have any chocolate ice cream? No. Do you have any chocolate ice cream? Yes. Let's go over to Leah's house. Yeah. If you ever saw a troll, what would you do? I would run. Run. Run! You think you're faster than a troll? Yes. Yeah, I'd run for my life, but if it didn't work, then I'd get something to protect myself. I feed it. I would stay there and have a picture with it. I would put it in a box and, and put it upstairs. Play with the trolls. Uh, I'll kick you in the face. I would just make friends with them, snap right away.
Um, fight it. Get a weapon. Maybe an axe and just go. Okay, tell um, me more. I could cut off their heads, and then I could put succulents in their heads. <laughs> And all over their eyes and all over their mouths and in their mouths. <laughs> Are you tired of being harassed by trolls? Have you got some bridges to cross on your way to work or school? Are you a billy goat with the last name Gruff? Well, worry no more. We here at Penzinger's Potent Potions Emporium have just what you need. Troll Be Gone Misting Spray. Yes, this spray contains enough concentrated sunlight, essence of sunshine, and organically harvested sunrises to keep away even the most aggressive sun protection wearing troll out there. No more trip tropping over bridges in fear. No more depending on magical wizard voices around a campfire to get you out of that sack. Try new Troll Be Gone Misting Spray now and let your troll worries be over. Troll Be Gone Misting Spray comes in three popular scents, lilac, citrus, and wet dog. Troll Be Gone Misting Spray must be used as directed. Not effective with dragons, goblins, ogres, or other mystical creatures. Never use before operating machinery. Never use around gnomes. They go crazy for the stuff and will try to take you home with them. Read all warning labels before using. Never spray in eyes, unless you want x-ray vision. And never spray in mouth, tastes like dirty socks filled with fish. Potential side effects include, but are not limited to, shrinking, growing, changing color, mild levitation, fire breathing, disappearing, multiplying, teleportation, disintegration, and itchy eyes. Please talk to your family magician or sorceress before using Penzinger's Tropicon Misting Spray. Hi there, Petaluma. It's I, Rocco Blastorius, at you once again. I'm slinging my four string, picking some sweet pick bass action with ya. Let's get some drums, rock! Oh yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Did you even know if that was the bass? I could just do that? I mean, I could listen to whole albums of just like electric bass and drums and be probably the happiest camper in all of the puppet lands, you know what I mean? But maybe you've never heard just bass and drums before sounded so sick. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here, brah. Petaluma, enjoy the bass lines. Courtesy of I, Rocco Blastorius. Oh, man. I gotta go take a shower. Hello, dear radio listeners. I am a professional narrator. You can tell from the dynamic and luxurious sound of my voice. From the true and beautiful cadences I offer you. I am here to tell you a story. A story this afternoon that deals with the most magical and unknown of human behavior. The place where the barrier between the real and the imagined melts away. A place where imaginations take us into the most wonderful or terrible of places. Yes, this story, not to be missed, 
most beautifully narrated is about that curious, strange, mystical, unpredictable thing called sleep. Oh, sleep. Sometimes taking us unawares. One minute we're feeling fresh as a daisy and the next we're yawning and looking for a cozy pillow. Oh, sleep. Sometimes it stalks at us. We can feel it lurking in the tall grasses of our boring day, nipping at our heels as we stumble on and on, trying to stay one step ahead of... Oh, sleep! Sometimes it is the thing we look forward to the most, a treasure and a jewel stowed away that we look forward towards, knowing that despite all of the yawns and sluggish ways... Soon, oh soon, sweet warm blankets and snoozing will be ours. Oh, sleep! Oh, oh, gracious sakes! I'm, I'm terribly sorry, everyone. This is, after all, a radio show for 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday afternoons. People might be in the middle of making dinner or anything, even worse, driving. Oh, wake up! Wake up, person driving! I'm, I'm so very, very sorry I was trying to create an atmosphere so as to best introduce our story today and I unwittingly put your very lives in danger. If there is someone else in the car with this now very sleepy driver due to my amazing narrating, please poke them to keep them awake. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, do not poke them. That's a terrible idea. Never poke the driver. No poking, maybe just unpredictable shouts of Wake up from time to time, from you not driving, and you, driver, you, or person slicing carrots for the soup making dinner, or you, person listening to this radio story so well narrated while performing delicate and high-stakes surgery, I need you to tune out my soothing and resonant voice talking about the sweet, cozy world of sleep. Ignore my descriptions of the ways that sleep overtakes the weight and drudgery of the waking world and spirits one away to the land of Nod. Never you mind. Think instead about, um, chickens. Yes, loud chickens. I knew something like this would happen. Here I am just waiting to get my beautiful narrating skills onto the radio and tell a brilliant story about the wonderful, unpredictable, surprising world of a young person dreaming, and here I have almost created a traffic accident. No one told me of the great and terrible risks of radio, and here I am now with your lives in my incapable, rookie hands. I'm a storyteller, I tell you, not a doctor! Think about all the well-crafted paragraphs and perfectly sleep-inducing descriptions that are coming up in this story of mine. What will happen when, in the second chapter, our narrator, namely me, embarks on a tour de force of soft pillows and deep regular breathing and lullaby-esque storytelling as the hero of our story, a young boy of six, finally freshly bathed and scrubbed, plops his weary body onto a freshly laundered, well-tucked bed. Mayhem will happen, that's what. Chaos on the roads, that's what will happen. As new hosts to a family radio hour, Benedettiville cannot let this happen. You, as responsible listeners to a family radio hour, cannot let this happen. 
Remember to constantly awaken your driver, or your cook, or your surgeon, and keep them sharp and alert. Oh, oh no. I just remembered that in Chapter 4, when our hero, the hero of the story will be Tolliver Bonington, by the way, when we get to the real, actual story, when he wakes from his terrible nightmare, in Chapter 3, and he gets up and gets his glass of water, and then he comes back to bed, when his sleepy head strikes the pillow in the wee hours of the morning, when his heavy eyes close again, and his vivid imagination, settled from the cool glass of water, sleeps along with the boy. As young Tolliver Bonington in Chapter 4 drops into a peaceful and dreamless, wonderful, mildly snore-filled sleep, you, dear listener, you must be extra vigilant. Certainly, you will be listening and waiting on bated breath for every word that I will be reading. I cannot help the power and entrancing thrall of my narration, but you must stay alert. Why, perhaps you are making a tasty stew for dinner. What if, right in the middle of the final chapter, chapter 5, when I describe in lush and vivid detail the early morning comfort of a warm and cozy blanket, you are mesmerized. The salt you were sprinkling into your stew is forgotten and runs out in a waterfall of salty crystals. Well, now dinner's ruined, and it's all my fault. Alas, all because of the perfect, sleepy charm of our story. So, I must insist. I must entreat you all. I must beg you. And have you promised me that before I can go on and truly begin to tell the actual story, that you will not be taken in by that delightfully murky, soft world of sleep of which I must tell this afternoon. Are we agreed? Good. Now, where were we? Ah, yes. Sleep. Sleep, sleepy sleep. Chapter one. Sleep. Sleep, sleep. Our hero, young Tolliver Bonington, yawns a deep and healthy yawn. A yawn that speaks to a day of energetic leisure of sun-dappled hills, of running and leaping and frolicking to and fro and fro and to. And now, a warm and delicious meal in his six-year-old belly, he begins to think of the evening ahead, of sleep, of warm beds and a soft pillow, of stretching up, of beneath the still cool but warming blankets as His body relaxes and falls into the just right, not too soft mattress and his eyes close. this pillow and teddy bear. I'll set him up in the corner over here. You introduce the next segment. Okay, so Valentine's Day is coming up and I went out and got to talk to a lot of kiddos about love and stuff. He's really asleep. So, um, well here, just listen. He's totally passed out. So, here's a question. How do you show your love to people? 
being kind and sharing. Giving them hugs? Um, I can, like, give them hugs and kisses. I show people by making cards and saying, um, yes or no, do you like it? And how do you know when somebody loves you? Uh, they kind of, like, If they sometimes give me a hug or something like that. They might give me hugs. Because they usually come up and give me a hug. Like red is the color of your heart. And so basically that your heart is giving love to the other person. Mm -hmm. And because when they hug me and they say, wow. Oh, and they're so cute, they say to me. And can you describe what love feels like inside of your heart? It feels happy. Happy, happy, happy. Like, I get really warm. Feels like happiness to me. Mmm, weird. Also feels good, though. Being kind to everybody. Um, like, there's, like, love inside your body. You could say I love you to somebody on the radio right now so they could hear you. Who would you say I love you to? I want to say I love you to a friend of mine. Her name's Emma. She moved to Rockland last year. I love you, Mama and Papa, and Leah and Amy and Abba and Panda and Dragon and Saki and Mike and Ella and Fundetra. I love you, Emmy. Yeah, I would say I love you, Maggie. I love you, DJ Callie. I love you, Mommy. I love my family and my grandpa and grandma. I love you, Mom. I love you all. That was absolutely beautiful. There's no better way to end our second show than with I love you, all of you. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on KPCA 103.3 FM, streaming live on the net at kpca.fm. Benedettiville is Gio, Jen, Stella, and Emmeline Benedetti. All stories and silliness in this episode were co-created by Gio, Jen, Stella, and Emmeline, and all the music you heard was written by Gio. Oh, thanks. I'd like to thank our guests, Brian Christensen of Brian's Comics. I'd like to thank Josh Windmiller, a.k.a. Don Spaghetti. Jenny? Yes, I want to thank our young friends, Maya, Paxton, Stella, Jevony, Teddy, Bryce, Samuel, Molly, Rowan, Ryland, Morgan, Will, Chase, Evelyn, and Oliver. And a particular special thank you to the McKinley Elementary School first grade classroom, to Mrs. Hill and Mrs. Parno, to Christy, Gigi, David, Stella, Marielle, Dante, Amaya, Esme, and Chloe. And of course, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Coffee and Troll Be Gone Misting Spray. You guys, if you have any ideas or stories, things you want to tell us, pieces of news, please drop us a line, mail at benedettiville.com. And uh, it's been a pleasure. See ya. <laughs>